0: It's one o'clock, so we're going to go ahead and start the panel. My name is Nancy Schwartz. I'm from the Tashi Station Podcast Network, and we are here to talk about Iran. I don't think I need to introduce next week, but uh, he is the author of the number one times New York bestselling, Air to the Empire, and also the number one times. Thrawn lines? Yes.
1: Yeah. It, it, every 27 years, just like clockwork, you know.
0: Well, I would say that Thrawn is a good character for you. Thank you. Because Thrawn, I think Thrawn's number two. So, you're doing good with Thrawn. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, Thrawn was one of the first characters you created for the Legend, now Legends universe. Yeah. And you had to create him again in Thrawn. How did you go about approaching the character? Did you treat it differently or did you kind of treat it as the yep. same legends versus canon? Um, at a different period in
1: his life it, it's basically the latter it's the same character i've always written it's just that in thrawn and then thrawn alliances it's an era i hadn't written him be- in before so rather than overwriting anything uh it's just filling in some gaps in there different scenario different uh he's got to deal with the imperial uh fleet all the the politics, there, general politics of Coruscant and the Empire. So it's uh, Thrawn. The, the book itself is kind of a, a origin, fish out of water type story. Then alliances. Just this is going to be an interesting adventure with putting in legacy characters we all we all know.
0: Yeah, and the introduction in Farad is very
1: similar to the short story of Mist Encounter. Yeah, that is exactly the same story we wrote. <laughs> well, we wanted to start with that, the Mist Encounter, editing out all the stuff that didn't, you know, with Booster Tarek and stuff originally. And I had started that chapter kind of in the middle, and it wasn't really working. I was, you know, editing in Eli Vanto. But okay, what happens if I just start at the very beginning of that story and just do the whole story rather than trying to fill in the background and such? And it's only going to cost another three thousand words. Oh heck, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
0: And in the, com- and the comic, which just finished the adaptation, mm-hmm. that, oh, we oh, got oh. we got to see castaway <laughs> <through>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flowing long hair. <laughs> when <does he> start <laughs>
1: <laughs> that way. Yeah, that was the uh, supermodel or something. Yes. But what was that guy's name? Fabio? Fabio, yeah. <laughs> Fabio Thron. <laughs> 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 was that
0: all Luke Ross? Was that all Luke Ross? I'm sorry? Was that all Luke Ross, the
1: I don't think... I, I talked about the, the hair being long, but I don't think the shoulder length, Fabio look <laughs> was exactly what I had in mind. But hey, this is the artist's job to figure that part out.
0: <laughs> so, the one big difference between writing Thrawn in legends and canon is that in legends you never wrote from Thrawn's point of view. Right. You always had a proxy character who was observing Braun. Yes. Um, in Thrawn and in alliances you actually write from this point mm-hmm. of view but you do it in a different way. Can you yeah. explain your approach to that and how you developed that first well, or present tense?
1: The first, the first uh, point along this is that I thought tooth and nail to not have any point of view Scenes from Thrawn, from Thrawn, because I argued that this is—it's always a Sherlock Holmes type of thing where you're seeing him from the outside. Uh, Conan Doyle did a couple of stories from uh, th- uh, uh, Holmes' point of view, and they didn't work as well for me as they as the others did. And they were just as adamant at Del Rey and Lucasfilm that yes, this is the the book is called Thrawn. You've got to see something from his point of view. So I wanted something. The trick with going from an alien point of view is always you have to have something that feels not human, feels alien, but at the same time doesn't jar the reader out of the story, does not, is not intrusive in any way. So I went through two, three, four iterations of doing this, how to, how to do this, uh, settled on the first person, uh, the present, first person present where everything else is, you know, third person past, and then threw in the, Instead of people, you know, is uh, he said something? He said uh, angrily, with the uh, his expression holds anger, yeah. and I had to put a bunch of those back because he copied her. Thought I was being too repeti- <laughs> repetitive and, and changed a bunch of them. And I caught as many as I could and put them back again because that was just that was the style I wanted and uh Rey and Lucasfilm seemed happy with it anybody was anybody bothered by that did they jar you out of the story okay then that was the goal to well that was the goal again you don't want it to feel intrusive because as soon as you the reader notices this is you know ink on paper you've lost them for you know, a paragraph or a page or whatever until they get back into the story. And we definitely, that's one reason I didn't want to do that. But I think the technique we came up with worked pretty well.
0: No, I liked it because it created a distance, but yeah. you were still seeing what's wrong with seeing. Yeah. So, you did create some characters to have that sort of Proxy for mm-hmm. Khan, obviously the first book. The big one was Eli Bando. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this, In the
1: Alliances, there
0: was Commodore Farron, Farron, yeah, actually my favorite character. For Thank you. <laughs> so, I have plans
1: for her. Let's clear this one up right away because I know it's going to come up. <laughs> yes. I have proposals ready to pitch for new books. Part of the, pro- the, the the problem is right now we're waiting on people way up farther on the food chain than I am. First of all, J.J. J. Abrams because if in Nine he references something in this time period it gets set in stone because the movies drive everything else. Secondly, Dave Filoni has not yet decided if he wants to do something post-Rebels with Ezra and Thrawn. If he decides not to I have proposals ready. If he decides to do so and can figure it out soon enough, I can find something that I can work around him. Uh, But I've got some proposals, and I'm just having to wait, and there's no way to hurry up Lucasfilm. Uh, I've had one proposal for a kind of a a story that would not go past season four, and so theoretically should be easier to get approved. It's been sitting on somebody's desk in the story group for uh, three and a half weeks now. So it's just uh, they grind slowly, but hopefully they grind very well. Uh, But uh, yeah, I I want to do more. I've got a two-book proposal post-Rebels. Uh that may not happen for a year or two or three, depending on Filoni. Hopefully we can get at least something. If they are fast enough, we can get it published next year. Uh if we can't, then the window closes. Um we just we just do what we can. Uh we will
0: be here to that. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. For money. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in Legends, you did a lot with the Chiss as Embassy and Thrawn's kind of world. Mm-hmm. Um, in Thrawn, there wasn't a lot of that, but you kind of got into it more in
1: Lyses. Yes.
0: Did you kind of just draw from the same well? Because I noticed there were like, differences mm-hmm. as far as the uniformity of his of the Chiss.
1: Yeah. Um, mostly with kind of revising things or t- you know, tweaking things that I had done before. I didn't give an awful lot about the Ascendancy uh, before this. I've got some plans for where I would like it to go and what what stories I want to tell about it. Um, But again, we're waiting on everything. But yeah, I I want to develop, aside from anything else, if I take stories out into the unknown regions, I'm not going to step on JJ's or Filoni's feet and uh, should theoretically be able to get it uh, approved more, more readily, uh, unless again, Filoni decides he wants Thrawn and Ezra. I think he would be better, frankly, at doing the other one he teased—the Ahsoka and Sabine adventures—because watching those two going through a crumbling empire as everything is rearranged following Palpatine's death, I think that's right up his alley as I a, think a perfect storytelling.
0: Going- Ezra, and they find Ezra, but Thron is not with him. <laughs> then you say, "Well, where is Thron? I don't know. Maybe Tim could tell us." I,
1: <laughs> I have asked. Yeah, I I prod Lucasfilm as much as I can. <laughs> okay, does Filoni want both of them or does he just want Ezra? Because I can, I can just deal with Thrawn if he wants Ezra and now he wants, he wants to hold on to both for the moment. <sighs> but yeah, I, I guess my fallback, my fallback position is, okay, Dave, can I have them for three months?
0: <laughs>
1: I'll settle for two months. I can fit my story into a two month slot, but, uh, So far, Dave also has no time to talk about these things as he's doing pretty much everything else animated for Disney. So that makes it likely it's going to be a while before he even makes a decision. And apparently for a long time, he wasn't even deciding he was holding on to Ahsoka, uh, the... who wrote the Ahsoka book? Was that E.K. Johnson? She was having trouble getting him to release certain parts of, of uh, Ahsoka's timeline. And now, of course, that he's been finishing up uh, Clone Wars, he probably was justified in holding on to her because he's going to want to use her in, in that, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, Filoni is very good, but Filoni does not make decisions quickly on, <laughs> on, uh, on things I care about anyway. You know? LAUGHTER
0: so going back to the ascendancy yep. at the end of Ron, you sent Eli off, so, mm-hmm. which is good because he's off in his own little area. Yeah, can't be harmed. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: Are you worried for Eli? Yes,
0: very much so. So I want to know at the end. You
1: mean right in some trouble with ascendancy? He's yes. in safe on there.
0: Well, that's, that's the question. Is, so at, near the end of the book, you know, there's the. Part of Admiral Armani mm-hmm. to Thrawn give Eli. Message: What's
1: he up to? Is very worried? <laughs> <laughs> um, I should mention that that is not the ending I had for Thrawn. I wa- my original ending for that was that last chapter, that epilogue. Basically, what it was in the final version, except in my version, Eli has all his ruminations, touches a, a-, a switch, and uh, the bridge this is Captain Vanto. I found our target. And that was it. With no idea who he was captaining, what side he was on, if any. And the Delray editor said, you know, let's make this a little bit, you know, a little less less vague. Uh, since Knight Swan was not turned down Thrawn's uh, request, how about we flip that over and send Eli out? And since uh, one of our good friends is the inspiration for uh, Admiral Aralani okay, can I put Arelani in? And uh, we figured that when she finished the book, she's in Portland, you know, a couple hundred miles away. We figured we'd hear the shriek. Because <laughs> we didn't tell her that was coming. Oh, there she is.
0: <laughs>
1: she was, I think, one of the first person I saw cosplaying Thrawn. Oh. And she at one point, as we got to know her, uh, mentioned I should really have some female Chiss around. Yes. So,
0: yeah, because she was, she was a Legends character. Do,
1: do you mind if I give them your name? Her name is Ara Rosalani. Ah. So, Ara Lani. Yeah, so, she yes.
0: The, she was in oh,
1: Outbound, Outbound Flight. Flight yeah. Yes, that's where I brought her in for the first time. Yeah. And I have plans for her, too. <laughs>
0: Near the beginning of *Alliances*, there is a hilarious exchange between Thrawn and Anakin, (laughs) where they argue over the pronunciation of Thrawn's name. Could you demonstrate for us how you pronounce Thrawn's name?
1: I can give you what Anakin said. (laughs) (laughs) Mithra Nuru Odo. I'm guessing there is some inflection or something in the Chiss pronunciation that's slightly different. In outbound flight, I have the same sort of thing with Cardass and not quite being able to pronounce it. He can hear the difference, but he's, his vocal apparatus doesn't quite match up. And this is partly because um, just different vocal apparatus is going to work differently, it seems reasonable, and partly because I do not want to spend an entire novel with Mithra Odo Odo all over there. <laughs> yeah. Aside from everything else, Mark Thompson would kill me. Speaking of that, if you haven't listened to the audiobook
0: part, just, just listen to it for that. Yeah, part. <laughs> it's very, very hilarious. Yes. Um, so, let's talk about Vader. And, mm-hmm. or, and Anakin. Yep. Um, so in Legends, there wasn't a lot of interaction between Thrawn and Vader. Right. Um, they did not like each other. Uh, in canon, they still do not like each other. <laughs> but they are sent on a mission, and despite them not liking each other, they end up actually working really mm-hmm. well together. So can
1: you it, about? it's well, it's not necessarily dislike on vader's part as it is distrust he has not trusted anybody really for a long time and generally speaking he's been correct Ozl is an idiot um (laughs) other people have you know failed me for the last time i'm sure he said that to other people because he's got standards and the feeling is or the the sense i tried to give in uh the the books was that there's a lot of politics involved in the military, uh, the imperial military. Um, I can, I can appoint to, uh, Admiral Constantine, who messes up things at the end of season three of Rebels. Why is he still an admiral? The only explanation is he's connected somehow politically. So there's going to be some of that going on. And Vader is probably, who, who was used to doing things his way and, cut through the red tape and everything through the Clone Wars to get things done is going to be frustrated by, by a bunch of that. So Thrawn comes along. Vader is not necessarily going to trust him. He's also an outsider. He's not even a member, uh, you know, not, not part of the Empire. He came from outside the Undone regions. Another reason not to trust him. But the nice thing about those two is that their skill sets do connect nicely. And the trick is you don't want to go something simple that Thrawn is the brains and Vader is the brawn because Anakin, Vader, is very smart as well. He had a lot of tactical, a lot of military experience. So you have to make sure they are both clever. They can both, uh, you know, do other stuff. They can both do physical stuff. But Vader has the edge on that one because of his force abilities. And you get to play that up.
0: So you got to write both Vader and Anakin. Yes. Do you approach writing them as two different people?
1: To a large extent, there's been so much personality change in Vader that he's essentially a different person. In fact, that was that was uh, given to me by, Luke, by the story group. They said one of the things to remember is that Vader, at this point, kind of is pushing the Anakin part away, he does not want to really acknowledge that he was once this. And so we came up with the
0: idea of
1: Vader doesn't refer to Anakin as always the Jedi. Or that was that's not one of his memories, that's the Jedi's memories. Which not only gives you that arm's length, but it also adds an extra little layer to the title Return of the Jedi as a movie, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah,
0: when I, when I got to that part, the first part, I thought it was
1: a typo. Yeah,
0: me, And then I was like... Oh, oh!
1: And, and the problem is, Jedi singular and plural, so we had to capitalize the T to yeah. make it clear what he who he was talking about.
0: So, when writing Thrawn in the two different timing lines, mm-hmm. Thrawn had a lot more of a consistency with his characterization. Obviously, in the beginning, he's younger, he's newer to the galaxy. He's he's really trying to feel out what is actually yeah. happening
1: yeah and some of that is you know put in i mean he's more physical than he was in later books as well as you say he's younger but there is a spot where he talks about the um loyalists and the republic i think and lucasfilm said it's really the same thing and i said but Thrawn may not quite have gotten that grasp. And actually, Corwin came up with a, a suggestion of how that would be different, Loyalist and Republic would actually be different in the Ascendancy, which I'm going to be using later on, if I get books.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so little things like that. Okay, he doesn't quite grasp how this is working. As you were saying, he's still new to
0: this. But he's also sort of, he sort of figured out that there's something shifty going on. Yeah. The two sides not really being yeah. Um, one of the parts I loved was when the first time they walked into the bar. <laughs> and,
1: yes, um, I did not even think about <laughs> Thrawn and Vader walking into a bar. <laughs> you get to write that joke.
0: jump on the bar I was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like oh Anakin you're smart but sometimes you're
1: not <laughs> well and, and again this is this is a thing you have to watch out for Anakin is smart but he's focused so much on finding Padme that he's got a little bit of a tunnel vision and he recognizes this and it irritates him no end but then I get to use lines like you know we, we talked about this we've heard about the Sith and the Jedi but the Sith were reported to be uh, great warriors so <laughs>
0: He talks about uh, making the distraction so Pat May wouldn't know where they were, and Thrawn's like, gee, is your plan normally to get captured?
1: He's getting captured part of your pattern, yes. Um, well, frankly, it is, right?
0: Yeah. So, speaking of Pat May, you are yeah. actually one of the first authors to really write for, which is kind of ridiculous, considering the first movie came out know, mm-hmm. in 1999. Um, but I know I've read that She was always in that line
1: for the book. Um, For this one, actually actually what I had planned to do was a Thrawn Vader and a Thrawn Anakin, and that they were hunting for Ahsoka, who had gone missing. Uh, I was told we can't use Ahsoka because Dave might have something else to do with her, (laughs) and we've got other books coming out. And I said, well we could have her off camera the whole time. I mean, just be the MacGuffin. We don't have to bring her in and doesn't even, she, she's disappeared. She doesn't even have to be where the, this is. And they, eh, I don't think, how about use Padme instead? Oh, I can use Padme? Sure. I can bring her on, on stage.
0: Yeah. And it was pretty much like re- reading an episode of the Pillars, I
1: thought. Yeah. I, I thought she was kind of wasted in the trilogy, the original trilogy. She didn't really get much to do, uh, aside from, Especially in the third one, kind of moping.
0: Uh,
1: but they—they they really, which is not something a woman would ever write, because women know better than that. But never mind.
0: Women always take her.
1: It would have been so easy and so much more realistic to flip that around. She got choked or something by by Anakin, and the droid now says she was so badly damaged, I don't know how she lived, held on this long. Instead of the, she's died of a broken heart with two brand new babies. No, 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 no. <laughs> but they did uh, round her out and give her a lot more to do in the Clone Wars, and I really appreciated that. So that was, yeah, bring her in with that kind of persona, that kind of skill set, that kind of personality. Yeah.
0: And how did you approach her relationship with Wrong. Because she doesn't really think much of him, and then that
1: kind of changes. Um, well, her first, a lot of her first encounter is not what you would call positive. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, the only reason, and again, this is the, the sort of thing you can do when you're doing characters who know each other well, like Anakin and Padme. She will give Thrawn the benefit of the doubt because Anakin has kind of certified, certified him. And you get a flip side of that a little bit in Vader does not choke Thrawn when he's irritating him because the Emperor has certified him. So we've got the same sort of, okay, I don't know this person, but I trust the person who has, who's been working with him.
0: Um, And then during the Empire parts of the book, um, you got to use... Rook, which we went <laughs> and, and I was really glad that he's continuing on from his legends counterpart um, mm-hmm. as to creeping everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about him in Rebels? I thought I, I was shocked when they brought him in. I was
1: I was very surprised. I, I'm I'm wondering, connect the dots wise, whether there was Warwick Davis kind of talked his way into rebels whether dave filoni said okay warwick ruch, okay we'll do this <laughs> as a joke on warwick uh but yeah it was very effective um i had always hoped that at the end we would have a you know kick-ass fight between ruch and and zeb and yeah we got they, they delivered on that one so uh yeah that was dave and the team were really really nice when I mean, they bring Thrawn into being Ruchian. The last five minutes you get a shout-out to Pelion. Uh, we've even got Jason spelled the correct way. <laughs> and I really wish I knew how Floney knew that Hera, that um, uh, Han and Leia had named their son after Hera's, because I never mentioned that in the book. <laughs> but I can connect those dots as well. They know Hera from the war. Name, name their son after her son. Works really well. <laughs> So what were some of your favorite scenes to write in the book? A lot of just my favorite scenes in these things are always when the characters are working really well together. Uh, It's always fun also to do the setup and then the punchline, as it were, the uh, Anakin and Thrawn. How many have not read alliances, by the way? Okay so we'll we'll watch the watch the spoilers um the scene near the end of the bar and then later on Vader doing the and his first legion doing an an attack there's a connection there that works out really well we'll just say leave it at that but things like that doing the setup and then the punchline uh the foreshadowing that is a lot of the fun of the construction of this kind of book <laughs>
0: So are there any other characters that you'd like to write Thrawn to you I
1: got this question before. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure I can think of a good reason for Thrawn and Obi-Wan to, to uh, work Whoa. together. But if I could, I'd love to do that. I think that would be awesome. Because there'd be a lot of the same Thrawn Anakin except Obi-Wan is older, smarter, snarkier. <laughs> Um, less inclined to rashness. Uh, That could be a very interesting one, depending on exactly which era I had them in. Um, But we have to, again, all of this depends on what Lucasfilm decides to do.
0: uh,
1: By by the way, one little side comment for those of you who've been annoyed by the rank structure in the Imperial Fleet. (laughs) To quote a famous movie actor, it's not my fault. <laughs> what happened is, someplace in the ancient mists of time, Lucasfilm came up with the ranking that goes uh, you know, Ensign, Lieutenant, and then Captain, Lieutenant Commander, Commander, Commodore, Admiral. In every other Navy on the planet, you have Lieutenant Commander, Commander, Captain. For some reason, this got flipped in Lucasfilm's thought, and rather than just quietly fixing it, and I I asked four times in the writing of Thrawn, can you please double-check with Lucasfilm that this is correct, because we're going to get letters, and we did, Um, which is one of the reasons that in Thrawn Alliances, I have kicked Pharaoh up to Commodore to avoid that whole mess. So, just saying. Not my fault. So that's why she got it. You betcha. And she <laughs> and she deserves no, she it. She's good.
0: I like I, I hope she's okay.
1: <laughs> you she worry an awful lot about fictional characters. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah. So not gonna get into the whole spoilery thing to spoil the book, but yep. one of my favorite parts of Alliances was the fact that you have two characters interacting with each other at two different points in time. But only one of them knows that yeah. they were both there at yeah. some point time. And mm-hmm. there are a few moments when Thrawn mentions Anakin Skywalker, and I'm like, oh no, don't do
1: it! <laughs> because that is one of the closest guarded secrets of the Empire of who Vader once was.
0: And Thrawn, of course, is going to be poking and trying to figure out if his suspicions.
1: If he, if he even has real suspicions. Remember, Vader is taller than Anakin, among other things. Uh, the personality is different. He's been told Anakin Skywalker died in, at the end of the Clone Wars. So whether he's actually poking or whether with purpose or whether it's simply, I throw lots of these lines out there and just see if anything, any fish connect up to any of them. I, I suspect it's more the latter until... Uh, probably closer to the end after he's dealt with Vader a lot longer.
0: One of the things I was actually, I would thought about was he doesn't ever mention Padme, and I didn't know if mm-hmm. that was like, purposeful on his part, or just because there wouldn't be any reason for him to, because I could imagine him mentioning Padme to Vader with would- <laughs> very, very bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably would not have been a good idea. No. Good thing Good thing he didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: but but then again, he hadn't interacted with Padme nearly as much as he had with Anakin, so he would not necessarily come up anyway.
0: Right. So, obviously, if you said we don't know what happens to Thorougham after Rebels, but theoretically if he was to return from Space Whale exile wherever he <laughs> is, and comes back after the Empire is gone, what would his reaction be like? Would he be like, okay, well, I have to take control, or get out of dodge, or go back to the chiss? Or
1: uh, we cover this, I think, in the Thrawn trilogy, kind of. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm
0: kind of hoping that they do a proxy version of that. Like, maybe
1: the thing about the the Thrawn trilogy is early enough in the timeline, you can spackle pretty much anything in there to make it fit with the sequel movies. You can have Mara disappearing for some reason or off someplace. You can have Jason, Jaina, and, and later Anakin dying in a you know, younger age and then Ben coming along. You can make this work. Don't look at me that look. I'm just saying how it could be done. <laughs> I'm just saying how it could be done to make it all fit into continuity. Oh, and, 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 I
0: thought about and how Mara fit in continuity. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> trust, trust me, so have I. <laughs>
0: Good. <laughs> um,
1: and if they want to bring Thrawn in post uh, Last Command, I can do that too. Yeah. Okay. We are really good at Spackle.
0: That's what I wonder is what would he think about the sequel trilogy era? Like, what would he think about the First Order? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> oh, <Kylo Ren. laughs>
1: my first thought, having watched Kylo Ren have his first tantrum, was. And I think these were the exact words. I thought Thrawn would have this guy for lunch <laughs> because he's got such obvious buttons. Thrawn would have figured out how to push them to get him to do anything he wanted. Uh, Hux is fairly incompetent. <laughs> I mean, th- this is this is one of the things that has bugged me a little bit about about the sequel trilogy. I kept thinking um, from Monsters University, the the uh, chancellor and her talking to uh, Sorry, Hard Scrabble talking to um, Mike Wazowski and saying you're not scary <laughs> and these guys who are supposed to be the villains in Evil just aren't very scary you, you don't have somebody like Tarkin or Vader or uh, you know the, the competence of the Empire in uh, Empire Strikes Back you don't see that really anywhere in the sequels and I miss that you need to have a really powerful enemy for our good guys to have to stand up to. And I think they mi- missed the mark. Um, Snoke had possibilities and then got bisected. <laughs> um, I, I also don't see a coherent storyline for the three. It's 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 as if J.J. did one thing, Ryan did another, and now J.J. has to pick up the reins and turn it back some direction. Um he can still do it. I, 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 can think of ways to make the whole thing a coherent whole, uh, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But mostly, it's just the first order isn't scary to me. <laughs> they, they just don't. They're not competent enough to be scary.
0: You would with Captain Kennedy in the beginning just and just angry at all the children who can't, who don't. That would be fraud. He would be like, "You guys are ridiculous. I'm taking control."
1: <laughs> and he would be able to. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so going to another bad guy. There was a mention at the end of season four of Rebels where Thrawn had to go off to meet with Haljeen mm-hmm. and also Orson Krennic, and I was really upset we didn't get to see that meeting. So I'm wondering what would Thrawn think of Orson Krennic?
1: <laughs> There's a spot there for a book. I will say no more.
0: Yes. <laughs> I will buy 50 copies. Because, you know, Krennic is trying to copy him with the white and he just doesn't hold (laughs) up. Maybe Theron can get a cape. Maybe Theron can
1: get a (laughs) cape. No
0: capes.
1: (laughs) We've seen how that works.
0: So um, I think we're going to turn it over to questions. So if you have a question... We have
1: a mic in the middle here.
0: Um, please remember that questions have a question mark at the end of them and are only about a few sentences long.
1: <laughs> and, and again, remember avoid spoilers because yes. a lot of people haven't finished either um, the book. So,
0: so um, just I'm going to get this question out of the way because I know people will ask it. If you legends characters you would like to bring back or write news stories. I mean,
1: besides all of them, <laughs> and the person on my T-shirt. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Do we, do we even have to ask that one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to bring Mara back. Um, all I can promise, again, that's entirely in Lucasfilm's hands. All I can promise is that if I come up with a storyline where she organically fits into it, I don't want to walk on roll or anything like that. If there's a spot that she would naturally fit in, I will pitch that to Lucasfilm. At that point, it's up to them, and I have no control. But I will, I will push it where wherever and whenever I can.
0: I also really
1: miss Card. Card, yeah. the The thing about um, the characters, and I've thought about this a lot, is that you want characters that will be that are different, that that do not duplicate a, a niche or whatever. We have um, Thrawn is there because. There is no imperial like him. We don't ever have the co- the combination anywhere else of competence and the ability to outthink your opponents. We've got people like Tarkin. We've got you know obviously Vader. We've got Alzol, but we don't have anybody really competent. So there's there's nobody filling that niche. Lucasfilm has tried a lot to bring in strong women with uh, Jin Jin and Rey and such, but none of these have the Imperial background Mara has that's going to make some people never, ever trust her. So that's a different character than they've had before. Card, we've got smugglers, but he's not just a smuggler, he's an information broker. And that is something we haven't really done before either. So there are, there are places all of these characters would fit into canon and not be duplicating anybody else. So again, if I can pitch this and Lucasfilm can see that and will let me do it, there are places for all of these characters. We just have to see what they'll let me do.
0: I feel like hard having information in the sequel trilogy era would be very helpful when
1: are mm-hmm. trying to find out about the First Order. That and would there's
0: be there's nice. Show about it? Just yeah? Just give it a yes.
1: You don't have to convince me.
0: <laughs> yes, so if,
1: if you've got Kathleen Kennedy on speed dial. Yes, you know. I did. <laughs> you
0: talked earlier about um, um any certain characters out people you know. How often does that happen? I'm thinking about one character in the current book and stuff
1: the next. Uh, which? Uh, no, nobody in particular. I, I don't, I put names into books, but usually not the actual person. Uh, I don't think Ara has an a, a fleet from the Chiss ascendancy. <laughs> if if so, you, and you never mentioned it, we're going to have words. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I will put people's names in, but not the personality of the character. So yeah, Xoxen is just, is semi-competent bureaucrat. Annoyance. So and nothing more than that. Hello.
0: Hello. Um, I was wondering if you could give us some um, recommended reading for if you were trying to get inside the head of Frost, if there's nonfiction source materials or anything that you could help with.
1: I, I love the term "Star Wars nonfiction." You know,
0: think about that. Uh,
1: I don't know if anything's been written up. I've had people say that I need to write up a whole book of the the uh, little uh, journal entries from Thrawn as an art of war type of thing. Um, maybe I will pitch that someday to Lucasfilm and and uh, Del Rey as well. I don't think that would sell nearly as well as a, a novel would, but you know. <laughs> Uh, oh, nothing in particular. I mean, I've read a lot of military history and all of that gets shoved into the subconscious where it you know, mixes and matches and comes out. But there's nobody in history I base Thrawn on or anything like that. Just the best commander, best tactician, uh, like some of the best commanders Earth has seen, but without a lot of their blind spots and such. So nobody in particular, just the compilation of all the
0: best. He reminded me of that. Um, we had a discussion on Twitter the day about what um, happens, what Harry Potter house, <laughs> <laughs> and we were arguing between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. So I didn't know if you had anything <laughs> say like, as the creator of the
1: the closest I've come to crossing genres is uh, Necronomicon. A couple of years ago, we had a supervillain smackdown, and you know, we each of the four panelists suggested a character. I put in Thrawn, and the audience suggested others, we had, you know, uh, worked it down. It came out at the end to Thrawn versus Lex Luthor, <laughs> <laughs> and the other three panelists, you know, spoke about how they thought. Who would win? And came to me, I said, Thrawn wouldn't fight him. He would try to recruit him. (laughs) He would find out what Luther wanted, see if we can come to an an arrangement. So don't fight and destroy a resource if you can get it on your side instead.
0: That makes sense because Tom, who is one of the editors at Delray, he said Thrawn would refuse to be sorted.
1: (laughs) Yes. Although Thrawn is a wizard, is a frightening thought, too.
0: So, I went finished it
1: is. Yeah something I just sorry. the 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 uh, not necessarily in the forefront of my mind, but I read the Sherlock Holmes stories. Have met, read them many times uh, over the years, so a, a lot of that's going to be in there. There is one big difference, though, between Thrawn and Holmes. Holmes is always impatient with people. There is there is parts in the stories where he'll say, okay, Watson, you know, tell me what you see. And Watson will, you know, do three or four things. And Holmes will say, very good. You missed everything of importance. But, you know, you're trying. (laughs) Thrawn is not like that. If you are teachable, he will teach you. He will he was guiding Eli Vanto. He guided Pelion. If you're willing to learn, he is willing to teach. And that's a big difference. Holmes never was willing to do that sort of thing. Which, again, makes Thrawn more dangerous because not only does he have this tactical ability, he can pass it on to some extent to other people. But yeah, nothing nothing deliberate, but obviously it's in the back of my mind to, to uh, when I was creating the character.
0: Mm-hmm. So in the Clone Wars, um, the Ascendancy was obviously, you know, had information on the Clone Wars. If they... We're looking at the Clone Wars thing about what each side is fighting for. Which side would they have chosen to fight for if they
1: did? Well, I, I suspect that they would have some of my opinion of the Clone Wars. What a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> because let them go. If they want to separate from the Republic, why not let them? Why fight to bring them back? And... The answer, of course, is Palpatine is manipulating everything because he wants to weaken both sides. But the the Schist would probably say, this is kind of a stupid thing, and we're not going to get involved with either side unless it bleeds over into our area. So yeah, I, I it's it's a futile war in many ways, a horribly wasteful war, and with no really good endpoint available. I loved the the uh, rebels scene where they. They ran across the old uh, battle droids. And what were we fighting for? You know, the droids lost, the the separatists lost, the Republic lost. Who won? And we know the answer.
0: Palpatine won.
1: But in the middle of it, I, I thought there was a very deep thing to be putting into what is supposedly a children's show. Yes, this was really useless, except somebody gained from it.
0: I'm trying to be nervous. Um, this might sound an obvious question, but I'm hoping it's not. Uh, but I, within boarding and some spoilers for alliances. Uh, I feel like uh Thrawn is dedicated to the Empire, like for sure. However, I feel like there's also some questions of dedication waiting over to the ships. Mm-hmm. And I think this came up a lot really yep. later. Um and I was curious, like, how do you see Thrawn as dedicated to between the Empire and his people? And also, you know, on a ego level, do you, like, did you paint him to be a villain? I feel like people see him as a villain in some aspects. I never really saw him as a villain, just someone who happened to be on the entire side. So, getting a human villain, how do you see him? Villain, like, he see him
1: well, he's a villain because he's against our heroes. Uh, but, one of the things you really want to do with a villain is to have the reader or the viewer understand them, understand what they are doing. Uh Obvious things are Dr. Octopus and um, Green Goblin in the first two Spider-Man movies. Loki, you understand Loki, what he wants. You understand Palpatine. He wants power and to to destroy all opposition. And Thrawn has his own agenda. I would think Thrawn, in the question of loyalty to the Empire, loyalty to the Duchess Ascendancy, his point of view will be, I can have both. I don't need to choose between them. Vader doesn't believe that. Palpatine may not believe that. And Thrawn might be wrong. But that is his point of view. I don't have to choose. I can do both. And we'll see if in future books I get to make that more complex, more difficult, whatever we want to do with it. But yeah, his his point of view will be I can be loyal to both on a certain level.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, without getting into too much spoilers of it, um, the Chiss Force tradition was nerfed a little bit in the Alliance set up, based on what we were talking about. Was that done just to keep Rome from having a powerful army space wizards? <laughs> it, like
1: of- it was a something I came up with. The idea that one of the questions is: We've been doing the galaxy for thousands of years. Why are the unknown regions still unknown? And we bounced this around with a story group a couple of years ago and came up with several possibilities. We mentioned one or two of them in the in the book. Uh but the idea of how come we haven't penetrated very far in and made and know all about these. And so if it's very hard to move maneuver around in there, we need a way that the ascendancy and other people can do that. So we came up with the solution that's in the book. Uh and I wanted to again limit limit what powers people have. You got to, I think, in gamer world, is called game balance. You don't want to have one side able to steamroll over the other one. You want to tweak the abilities and uh, and and powers and such. And so, the Chiss ascendancy has so much military stuff. I wanted to kind of lower down other possibilities. So it's it's a matter of balance and the characters. The, the, the way they're doing this is lends itself to other interesting stories I'll put it that way uh, that would be different from anything else you could tell in the Star Wars universe I can't be more explicit because spoilers <laughs> uh, but you'll understand when you read it okay, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello. hello so um, I was wondering in regards to the um, the rebels TV series, um, mm-hmm. How much input, if any, did you have
1: in, uh, into creating the portrayal of Thrawn for that show? And if you didn't have any, what did you think of I had basically zero uh, mm-hmm. input by the time they were they told me about it they were well into production of season 3 I had offered my assistance a couple of times along the way and was never taken up on it I don't know if that's a corporate decision if they thought we're just doing fine or whether somebody said if we start it, you know, getting information and suggestions from them we're going to have to put them on the payroll and healthcare and all that <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the in- all I know is that I make I'm, a, I'm here if you want you know bounce ideas off me they never took me up on it that being said, I think they did a really good job with Throng in Rebels. They understood how to write for him, what the character was like, how to structure what he says and does, but also the meta of how you defeat him. You throw something at him he cannot anticipate or cannot control, uh, and that's the only way to beat him. If you give him complete knowledge, complete control, he will find a way to win every time. So, in both of the big his big defeats, they went with that direction, and we can analyze it if anybody's interested but But you saw how that worked. so they understood the character and they knew knew what to do with him. Uh, I remember one of the fears or online complaints after uh, star uh celebration London when Thrawn was announced. Somebody was saying on the internet, "You know they're going to ruin the character because he's going to have to lose to teenagers every week." <laughs> And you saw how they actually did it. Okay, they're getting small victories. Let them go with that. I'm gaining information. I'm building the long game, and that comes to fruition in season season four. That was done by that means. That was him. He that traitor. All those pieces that he had been collecting at the cost of a few Y wings or things of that sort. I I know these people. You notice also. I mean, uh, one of the things in season three is uh, when Thrawn meets Hera and has the confrontation, and discovers that he she's willing to blow up her own house to save her friends and her family. You notice at the end of that that uh, the, the final battle just before uh, the Deus Ex machine, you know, bugbear. (laughs) Deus Ex Bendu shows up. Thrawn has them. What does he say? He says, surrender, Captain Sindula, or the Jedi dies. Doesn't threaten her. Threatens the person she cares about. This is how what he's gained by understanding her, reading her, watching her in action. This is her weak spot right over here. That's how I can force a surrender. So again, all of this stuff—he's losing to teenagers, sort of. Sure. But he's building his database that's going to come back. And without the Bendu, he has won. By the way, there's no season four of Rebels.
0: Yeah. The um, the, the episode where he figures out that Callus is the traitor yeah. was terrifying. So mm-hmm. the way he just figures it out and just lets him keep keep digging his yeah. grave. Yeah. Also, my favorite line is when he says, What Jedi tell Maurice? (laughs) Such a good Thrawn line. Yeah. Uh, um, So my question is, if Thrawn were to encounter someone such as, like, um, Captain Rex, or have, like, a conversation with him, or, like, work alongside him, how do you think he would go along with that, like, working with Rex?
1: If there was a mission that Thrawn needed Rex with, he would he would work with him, assuming that Rex was willing to work with Thrawn. Uh, I mean, we have hints of that in Thrawn, where he confronts uh, Nightswan. Okay, you are a good resource. If you will come to my side, we can do good things together. You know, Thrawn is again talking about how he's different than everybody else. You will never hear Thrawn say, "You rebel scum." His line would be, I understand you, I respect you, but you're my enemy and I will destroy you. Um and that's very different than anybody we've seen. So he would he would work with whoever he needed to to get the job done. Uh assuming he could persuade them to work with him. I mean, he did this, he did this with Anakin uh in, in alliances and uh not so much with Vader because Vader was under orders. But convince them both that you can trust me as an ally. What I, the, the plans I come up with, the the thoughts I have are worth listening to.
0: And there were certain parts of Alliances where he knew that his expertise would was not what they needed and mm-hmm. he deferred to fair. Yeah. Um because, you know, he, he's like, I can't do this, you can do this. And yeah. Go ahead and take
1: command. And, and that is, again, one of the signs of a good leader who will, I don't have my ego in this thing. The mission's is, what is what's important. If I have to go to a, a subordinate role to get that accomplished, no problem. I'll do it.
0: We're going to try to go through the rest of the few questions really quick. Okay. Oh, we are. This might be going towards um, some spoilers for alliances, but um, there was a throwaway line that um, that Thrawn said to Ezra in the finale. He said that um, most of the Jedi are a brightly scattered lot and poorly trained children like yourself. Now that got me thinking. Since Ezra is stuck with Thrawn, would Thrawn recruit Ezra to deal with that in?
1: Uh, what we've seen in alliances. I'm, I'm not going really <laughs> um, I would, if I get a chance to do something with Ezra and Thrawn post-Rebels, that's definitely a direction I want to explore. We'll put it that way. you broke it.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, compared to the compared to the can you say that the expanded
1: universe will always have a special place in your heart compared you to this new smaller universe you build over time? Well the, the, the universe the canon is growing brand I mean with time it's brand new it's growing the legends uh, I mean the only other thing they could have done would have been to say well two other things they could say the, the expanded universe none of those stories exist we're getting rid of them in which case it's really hard to justify selling them and at this point, they're free money for Lucasfilm. Uh, the, only, the other thing they could do would have been to go through everything, say, this is canon, this is canon, these four aren't, this is. To do that, they would have had to know exactly what they wanted to do with Star Wars for the next 50 years. Even the Marvel Cinematic Universe hasn't mm-hmm. got things planned out that far. So, what they've done is they've turned this into... It's like Robin Hood. It's like King Arthur. It's like El Cid. It's like Paul Bunyan. These are the stories people tell around the campfires. Uh, You're eating your s'mores. Hey, have you ever heard the story of Luke Skywalker and Grand Admiral Thrawn? And you don't know when you zip yourself into the sleeping bag whether this was a true story, based on truth, completely made up, but you enjoyed it. We still tell stories about uh, King Arthur. Apparently not very good ones from the reviews of the last movie, but... (laughs) Um, And Robin Hood and and a lot of these other Legends characters, is there a grain of truth in them? Maybe. Do we care? Not really. If you come up with a good story to tell, we're going to enjoy it. So that's what the Legends are. They are stories that people tell around the campfire. And if someone found a document from the Sheriff of Nottingham to Prince John tomorrow that talks about, hey, I need help with this Robin Hood guy. Robin Hood is suddenly no longer a legend. He's part of history. And that's what they can do at Lucasfilm. Oh, we found more documents. This Grand Admiral Thrawn really did exist. He ran Phoenix people, you know, round in circles. I guess he did exist. He's not a legend anymore. He's he's real. They can do that with anything they want with a minimum of embarrassment. Okay, we just discovered this legend is has a basis in fact. So they have done about the best thing they could do when they decided they were gonna make new movies and TV shows. So, you know, cut them some slack. They they did a good job.
0: And they proven that they're all what they
1: can. Let let me also mention something Leland She said many years ago before the sale and everything. He was he's uh, one of the story group, he was the keeper of the holocron absurdly fantastic memory for everything Star Wars but we were talking about something and he said everything in Star Wars is somebody's favorite in other words you know, there are people remember the green bunny in the Marvel comics that people <laughs> some people really love that green bunny and
0: just, sorry about him just recently?
1: and just because you don't necessarily think you think it's too campy somebody loves it we don't get rid of it just because I don't like it we get rid of it only if we have to for some other story that the higher-ups want to tell. So, Story Group is approaching things with Surgeon's Blade, not a you know machete. And they are very good at what they're doing. They are not going to write over anything they don't have to. So, they're good people to have in charge of continuity. Unfortunately, they cannot control the directors necessarily. But they're some good people. And they're trying to do right by Star Wars. So, deep breath, relax, and please no hatred. It's a, it's a movie, it's a, it's a fictional universe. It's not worth wasting hatred and emotion on. It's fun. You don't like something, you don't have to like it. You love it, more power to you. Just relax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever thought about giving Braun another tactical pet like the Isalamir? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss that iconic look.
1: Though. Maybe a pork. <laughs> <laughs> Not as long as I'm writing them, sorry, Anna. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, 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 the Isalamir was mostly to protect him against uh, the crazy Jedi. Um, I don't know that they still have problems with the Sol at Lucasfilm. I I need to do some more fast talking and explanation to get them to agree these things are possible. Uh, until they, I do that, they're kind of off the table, even though they were kind of diagrams or uh, schematics or uh, pictures of them in Thrawn's office. So, um, but I'm not going to give them a tree cat or anything of that sort. Sorry, Manticorans. (laughs) Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing like that. He's, he's got humans to, uh, to do all of that stuff.
0: Thank sorry, you. Sorry, I think we only have time for one more question.
1: Okay. Hello.
0: Hello. Huh? Uh, so, uh, um, Galactic Civil War, before the Battle of the five of the most important people in the Empire are uh, Palpatine from Namu, Outer Rim, Vader uh, from Tatooine, Outer Rim, um, Tarkin from Ariadne, Mani from Sasquani, Theron from the Outer Rim. So these are all outsiders who took over government from poor world elites. Compare that to, like, 2018 terrestrial Earth politics, where populists are, you know, bringing in these outsiders that are threatening, like, these established governments. Do you think there's, like, room in Star Wars to examine, like, modern Earth politics through the galaxy far, far away
1: You want to be careful about that, that you're not just doing a soapbox. Okay. We're going to do modern politics in a Star Wars setting. However, there is certainly, there is an ebb and flow in politics that you can, you can use in any fictional, fictional universe. Uh, just as an example in Outbound Flight, I talk about Thrawn, Thrawn talks about the chist disapproval of preemptive strikes throw on things if somebody's being stomped on and I've got the power to stop it, I am morally obligated to do this. The just ascendancy's official policy is unless they attack us, it's not our problem. So we could discuss that whole thing without ever hitting a trigger word like Iraq or Afghanistan. We can discuss the merits of something on a theoretical basis without dragging in current politics. And that would be the way to do it in in Star Wars or Trek or anything else. Look at how humans deal with each other and extrapolate or set up a situation of that sort.
0: One more question. Okay. quick question. Is it quick? I think it's
1: quick. Okay. 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 I can ask. If it's yeah.
0: Right. Quick. All right. So, um, so Gutferon, he's a great manager, which is kind of a superpower. Um, <laughs> and he is really a tactician and he's very logical. And he's got the alien outsider objectivity in the situation where everyone's emotional. I always wondered. Um, he's a finite person, though,
1: so does he have any blind spots, personal weaknesses, things that... About? <laughs> we, we talked about the fact that he thinks he can be loyal to the Empire and the Chiss. That may be a blind spot. He has pretty strong opinions of his abilities. That could turn out to be a blind spot. Uh, there are some we haven't really seen much... Um, he knows that if he's given, if he doesn't have information, he could have problems. Um, but I haven't seen anything specific uh, about that, or I haven't thought of anything specific. But that if I get more books, we're going to be looking into things of that sort as well. Uh, one thing before we close: for all of you who didn't want spoilers, we look up here, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm at the Rebels panel across the, the hotel at 4. I've got, a, uh, I've got a signing. A couple of uh, panels tomorrow. I've got an autograph session tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the uh, International Hall South. We'll have some books for sale or bring your own. No charge for autographs.
0: All right. And before we leave. I'm sorry, Tim, but it's your birthday. Thank <laughs> you. We- we Okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: And thank you so much for bringing up such a painful subject. Why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? We're closed. (laughs) If you can't quote the Princess Bride, you know, life isn't worth
0: living.